Before I get into anything relating to this podcast, I have to throw out a big apology to everybody that takes this time to listen to my podcast. I apologize because I was supposed to came back December 14th and I mentioned it on the very last episode I did in the month of November. I said I'm taking myself a short break and I'll be back December 14th. And I did. Because during that time there was a lot going on, which I will explain in a second. And I couldn't be able to do the podcast like how I wanted to. So I want to apologize for not carrying my word. This is what happens when mental health really gets into your mind. This is what happens when a lot of issues really take an effect and across your skin that you're not able to focus on anything. And I apologize for that. But I'm back. I'm feeling a little better. You know, I, I'm, I'm actually glad to be back recording again. Because this was my, this was kind of like, you know, my medicine. It, it was something that I had to, had to do to help myself heal in some way. And I took this time to heal. I, I've been out of action for almost two months from this podcast. We just jumped back, me and Darren just jumped back into our actual sports podcast last week after almost a month. Um, But I feel at this point, I really owe an explanation. And I say that, you know, you don't have to explain a lot of things to people because you're grown and you're entitled to your 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 thought and your opinions. But since I have an audience that actually listens to my podcast, I feel that I have to actually sit down and explain why I was not an active participant of this podcast for almost two months. Well actually, yeah, almost two months. So after I did this pod, after I did the last episode of uh, Breaking Mental Health, I started um, having some personal problems. And those personal problems had gotten so personal that I had to step away. And aside from those personal issues 
Nicole came into town and she spent three weeks with us because we had a blast celebrating the holidays. You know, not just Christmas and, and New Year's, but you know, we had my mother's birthday or Christmas Eve and of course Christmas. And then you had New Year's Eve and then New Year's Day. And then afterwards, it was my daughter's, Aaliyah's, first birthday. And, of course, I put a clip out on Instagram, if you want to check it out. Or if you actually want to go to our actual podcast and listen to the whole full ordeal. Also, it's on there too. You can check out our podcast or you can check it out on Instagram. Either way, it's there. And that's the full explanation for the Aaliyah part, if anybody wants to listen in or watch it on Instagram. And that is on uh, uh, at DTSD2414. So, so yeah, I'm back. And I'm going to be spending a great deal of time, you know, on this podcast. You know, it's, you know, it's one of those things. It's one of those things. And I've learned a lot from the time I was off. I learned a lot. Um, when you have yourself a big situation, this is, this is what happens. During my break, I learned this. People are going to lie to protect their image. Or to think you aren't going to know that they're up to, what they're up to. And in my sense, I just say, you know what, get used to it. You know, if people choose to spend their time to lie to me, specifically, about something, then, you know, what is the actual point of trying to bring peace in your life? What are you going to do? Just sit there and fucking lie? What good is, what good does that do you? You want, you want peace, you want less drama, but the problem is, is that you brought yourself to these troubles and then when people confront you about, your, about what happened, now all of a sudden your peace is destroyed because somebody is ruining it for you because of what you did. That's bullshit. That is straight, 100% pure garbage. You put yourself into a situation. You made a decision. You know what I mean? You made the decision. And this is what this podcast is about. This is what this series is about. Betrayal. You know, this is what it's about. It's about betrayal. 
And I'm going to get into the deeper part of betrayal here soon. Another thing I learned is based on, on the lifestyle that you live, people will still hate on you. So rather if you work two jobs, or you're an entrepreneur, you're a CNO, a CEO, they are up to uh, seeing you succeed. They don't want to see you succeed. It's a big who cares. They're going to do anything to drag you down. That's what people do. You got your own family members that sits there and brings their own siblings down because they don't want to see them succeed. What type of family member are you? Who do you feel in your heart that filthy, garbage, and disrespectful heart of yours that you think that it's okay to badger other people and disrespect other people because of what they're doing, because of their living, how they're earning their living? You feel that it's okay to disrespect them. That's a big no-no. That's a big no-no. You don't do shit like that. No shape or form that somebody should be feeling down because you don't want to see somebody succeed. You a side hustler. You an entrepreneur. You're a CEO, or you're just working a regular job. Maybe two. The point is, they're earning a living. They're earning a paycheck. Because if you want to point out who white people see in black people, look at yourself, too. Look at yourself. You're a black person working for white people and you expect the same thing that you are spilling your mouth on and you think that shit is okay no hell no so you need to keep in mind if you're going to Talk about somebody indirectly or directly. I don't give a damn how it works. If you're going to do that, you need to look at yourself in the mirror first and see what you're doing to earn yourself a living, to cut yourself a paycheck. If you're sitting in a nine by six cubicle and you're sitting there and you're working a nine to five, what makes you any different from somebody else that's actually hustling and working to try to cut a check? What makes you any different? Whatever. Rather, if, you're in, rather if you have friendships, relationships, you're in a marriage, or have a job relationship with someone, they won't be loyal to you. Learn to love and accept yourself. That's nothing I learned. 
You're going to have people, no matter who they are, as I just mentioned, no matter who they are, they're going to be the ones to throw you under the bus. They're going to throw you under the bus. And I know a lot of people that everything that I've said so far about what I learned from my brain, I know a lot of people have experienced it. I know a lot of people that have sat down and actually experienced everything that I have said so far. They've experienced it. And it's like, oh, I've learned this before. Why do I need to know this? Because maybe the next person alive don't know this. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You don't have to be you know, somebody that's always going to hate on somebody. But you're always going to have that one person that's not going to be loyal to you. They're going to throw you under the bus. They are going to do whatever they can to shift the blame or shift whatever the problem is on you. I experienced that two weeks ago. With the attendance policy. They're going to throw you under the bus. I got thrown under the bus. Fine. That's fine by me. You can throw me under the bus all you want to. That's exactly why, at the end of the day, when I go into that job, I work and I go home. I don't hang out with nobody at that job. I don't have nobody's numbers but the man. For just in case something comes up with myself or Leah or her mom. That's it. Or in case there's something's happening at home too. Because I'm not ready to sit here and let other people dictate how I do my job. Because all you're going to do is throw me under the bus. It happened. It happens. I've learned to live with it. So that's why you have to learn to love yourself. You have to accept yourself for who you are. Because if you don't love yourself and you let other people run over you, you're going to do exactly what I did. You know, if you... if if you let the relationship run over you, let them betray you in any type of way, you're going to do exactly what I did. Shift away from all of your hobbies and the things that you want to do. And all you want to do is just sit in your room and lay in bed. I had to force myself to go out and socialize. I had to do that. To prevent myself from having a breakdown. Literally. A lot of people in this household didn't know I was having problems. Some still don't. The only person that probably had an idea or had a suspicion was Derek. Now, Nicole may have had an idea. You know, based off the sake of Aaliyah's mom. But yeah. 
Ça a l'air bien. But couldn't get into the full detail. Because I don't say much. But there, man. There, man. I didn't even have to tell him. He knew anyway. But that's how well I can cover my depression. But at the same time, just looking at myself from the outside, it, it just don't look good. And it never will look good. But I'm okay. I'm okay. But I hope and pray that it gets a lot better. Which it has. But you know, it still takes slow steps to get it better. Still healing all this. It's cool. Mainly from the job. You know, mainly from the job aspect. It's still a lot of work there. You know. But I'm cool. Never take things for granted. Because they may be taken away from you. That's important. Don't ever. Let anything. That you do. You feel that you can take it for granted. Ooh. Excuse me. Ooh, I'm sorry. If you, if you actually decide that you have a, um, you know, you have a person that you enjoy hanging out with, have a good time and stuff like that, and you get close, and they do all the things for you, they, they have your back, and they actually don't talk behind your back. They actually defend you. All these good things that are happening. But if you actually sit down and take it for granted, like for example, with all the good things they do for you, you don't, you know, do anything in return. Like, you know, um, defend them or you throw them on the bus or... You know, you talk bad about them. Betray them. But what is happening if that person ends up passing away or moving away or quitting or, or something of that nature? Who do you have now? Now you're sitting there and you're thinking about, oh, damn, I messed that all up. I took that for granted because you didn't realize what you were doing or maybe you didn't realize what you were doing but you didn't think anything of it because you never thought that it would never reach that high peak of level that that person was actually going to move away, quit or whatever or keep the distance from you. Because you felt like it was okay to keep taking them for granted. Don't do that. Don't be that next person in line to take, take things for granted and then regret it. Don't do that. And the last thing I learned 
is this. Never feel sorry for yourself. The greatest temptation to wallow in self-pity. That's why you say, and that's why they always say, you always love and accept yourself for who you are. Never get the point that rather things are your fault or things are rather other person's fault or whatever. Whatever the case may be. Don't ever put yourself into a situation that you feel sorry for yourself. You made a mistake. Learn from it. Grow from it. And move on. If you have to apologize for what you did, do that. You'd be the bigger person. And that's ultimate respect right there. But never, ever put yourself in a position that you have to feel sorry for yourself and then end up wallowing in self-pity. That's something you, you, just, you just can't do. Not to yourself, especially when you've got good things going on for yourself. you got good things going on for yourself. You're better than that. You'll always be better than that. But those are the things that I learned during my break since my last episode. But now we're going to shift gears and actually talk about the continuation of part two of Betrayal. So when I come back, we're going to talk about it. Be right back. What's happening, fam? How's everybody doing tonight? I uh, I feel weird because it's kind of hard when you have so much time off and it's hard to get back to gear. You're used to actually preparing yourself for, for bed because this is really the only time that I really have to do a recording. And because all of the days are really filled up for me. Um, and now I have to shift back a day to do this recording because I get my daughter now on Sundays so I have to do my recordings on the Saturday night and publish them on Tuesday even though this still gives me an extra day to prep everything for uh for my podcast you know, but at the same time, it, it, it do add a little bit more pressure to actually um, to uh, get the recording done. I had a long brain fart. Yeah, but it takes me a while longer. And it gets a little bit more pressure for me to actually record on a Saturday night because I got used to actually coming home getting ready for bed and I'll be asleep by now. And believe it or not, at the time of the recording, 
is Saturday, January 15th, 2022, 11.07 p.m. So, yeah. I should be asleep. I should be asleep. But, you know, when you're trying to strive for success and be better and try to find things to help with, uh, with being successful, doing podcasts and still trying to work to cut a check and still trying to do other podcasts, you know, this is the only time you really set yourself for. And I don't mind that because as long as I see and reap the benefits at the end of everything that I'm doing, it was worth it. So the same thing for you, you think about that. A lot more people could have a situation that they have kids, you know, and there's a lot of things that they can't do during the day, but they have to do it at night because the kids are asleep. And at the end of the day, when you're spending the whole entire day working, going to school, you're not going to have the time during the day to study. You're not going to have the time. When's the best time to do it? It's at night when the kids are asleep. Some people may not like that ordeal, but it has to be done. Because at the end of the day, if you stick to that and you understand what you're doing to set that goal, then you're going to be successful. It's going to be worth it at the end of it. And that's why I'm doing this. You know, I know that my days are are stretched. It's stretched big time. And so when I get a lead on Sunday nights now, I get her and I spend that day if she ain't sleep, the rest of that night, Monday and Tuesday. I can't really get a lot done except when she's napping. And I take that time to get a lot of stuff done. Reading, editing for the podcast to put it out. And preparing for Double Take Sports Talk podcast. And when she's up, I can't do it because she needs my undivided attention. And I give that to her. And now that me and Darren are doing other ventures, not for us, but for our mother, we're doing other ventures to help her. That adds into the schedule too. That adds to it. But all the stuff that's going on, it's worth it. So when I'm done with Aaliyah, that is, that is it. And then after that, it's time to, since the uh, NFL season has went into um, 
the playoffs now. It's closing in time that Tuesday is going to be another a free uh, half a day to where I can actually prep more for the podcast or prep more for my uh, for this podcast. You know, so sometimes you have to look at things for the better of the heart, not into a negative aspect, but for more of a better understanding, for better healing. And in your mind, mentally, that you're mentally exhausted. But at the end of the day, it's the reason it drives you and motivates you to keep going. That's what it's supposed to do. You're mentally exhausted. You mentally can't make it. But for everything that you're doing, it's going to pay off at some point in your life. You have plenty of time, but don't take it for granted. Right? Right? You know, understand you know, there's people out here right now that have absolutely no job, but they're still making the best of what they're doing. It may not be the best thing to do for some people. It may not be the best thing. But at the end of the day, that could be worth it too. But you have to take advantage of what is best for your giving moment. You know, Darren's been through... A broken, uh, a fractured leg, um, basically torn Achilles, partially torn, to where that he can't exercise. Now he has to be forced to listen to his body because he can't work out like that now. And this been going on for months. And so now he has to make the best of what he's doing. It's not the best thing for him. He said that. It's not the best thing for him. But at the end of the day, he has to do what he has to do. Blogs, um, Excel work, um, devotionals. Um, you know, devotionals and the blogs are pretty much the same thing. Um, what an idiot. Um, and prepping both of his podcasts. He's got a lot on his plate, but he's making the best of it. And before he uh, partially torn his Achilles tendon, he was working out. So, you know, busy times calls for busy things. The idol's hands are the devil's workshop. Right? So you do what you got to do. Sorry for the rant, but let's move on. Part two. Uh, betrayal and mental health. On the last episode, I just basically shared different stories. I read an article based off of um, uh, betrayal and there are uh, different things and different types of betrayal that you look at when you're sitting down and you're basically looking at that next person that you're looking at right across from you. And the first question that comes into mind when you see that is 
I wonder if this person is going to betray me. What would happen if this person betrayed me? How will I feel if this person betrayed me? You know, there's a lot of things that's one thing in mind when you're meeting someone. So, you know, um, just bear that bear that in mind. <laughs> and there's a lot of things you can think about when you're um, trying to uh, get things done. And when you're trying to uh, face the reality of betrayal. Um, so. I'm trying to find something. I can't find it. But. Uh, all right. Give your burdens to the Lord and he will take care of you. And that came from Psalms 55, verse 22. Anytime that you get yourself into a situation that you're being betrayed, that becomes a burden. And when things become a burden, what do you do with those burdens? There's a lot of things people do with their burdens. They take it out on other people. They turn it into a mental health issue. They get depressed. And they actually just keep it all bottled up inside. But instead, nobody decides to give their burdens to the Lord. A lot of people do. Don't get me wrong. He'll take care of that issue. You know, I've learned to wash my hands on a lot of things and let God do it, deal with my problems. And that's what I'm doing. That's why I feel, you know, self-healing. I feel, I feel like that I am actually healing. I feel like that because I had to wash my hands from a lot of the problems and situations that I was dealing with and not actually handed it over to God and he's taking care of everything. It may take a long time, but it's there. You have to you have to have self-care. You have to take care of yourself. And that's very important. The cause and effect a partner betrayal trauma. So let's take a look at some key points from uh, from this. I think I've read this before, but I'm just going to read the key points, which says this: betrayal trauma occurs when someone's trust is violated by a person they rely on. Partner betrayal trauma occurs when the perpetrator of the betrayal is significant is a significant other like a spouse. Partner betrayal trauma can have a range of significant impacts on a person's life. So, as we all know and understand, being in a relationship, being married, is never, ever easy. It's never easy. But at the end of the day. We take those risks and we actually 
deal with it. We go for the run. But the good thing about taking these risks is that you're building wisdom. You're building wisdom and you're learning from this relationship, rather than it's good, rather than it's bad. And then when the person betrays you, what happens after that? You put yourself into a position where you feel like that you want to explode. You want to go off on, uh, on that person that betrayed you. Tell them you're wrong. You want a lot of things to be resolved, but it never works like that. You really never hear from the person again and it's over. So, you try to do different things to keep your mind off of it. So are you actually going to face it head on or are you going to wash your hands and actually let God deal with it? Especially if it depends on the person on whom you trust a lot. That really puts a dagger in everything. That puts a dagger in it. And it hurts. You know, some people actually do come back and they actually do apologize for what they did. There's some that don't. And then that's what things actually takes a turn for the worse. That's what it did. So, so betrayal trauma. The first coined by a uh, psychologist, Jennifer Fry. Uh, betrayal trauma occurs when a person's trust is violated by a personal system they rely on for survival. In other words, when you trust a person or institution to provide for you physically, mentally, and or emotionally, and they aren't able to do so, or if they end up harming you instead, this can have a significant and lasting impact. A common example of betrayal trauma is when children have been neglected or abused by their caregivers. That is big yeah that's big when you when you had trust in your in your babysitter or your caregivers or asking your parents and yourself and sexual abuse come around sex trafficking you know sexual harassment those are the things right there that causes those type of traumas. That causes that. And believe it or not, cheating. Emotional cheating and cheating itself. A lot of people don't see When we talk about emotional cheating, emotional cheating is getting on and just talking to another person for moral support. And I'm not talking about a best friend or anything like that. People go on social media sites and find them. They pick somebody 
and they start talking. Rather than last for days, rather than last for weeks. That's emotional cheating. Physically cheating is actually having an course, having an affair with somebody. So either way, it's cheating. Rather it's emotional cheating, or rather if it's physically cheating. That is another term of being having betrayed. So think about that. And some people deny that. They're going to deny it. But it's true. It's true. So. Betrayal trauma doesn't just occur in the caregiver context. Part of betrayal trauma is when the perpetrator is, an, is a significant other, such as a boyfriend, a girlfriend, or a spouse. So it is entirely possible. In fact, it's relatively common for an individual to be reliant in some way on a partner or to trust that they will meet the other's needs. These needs might be financial, uh, paying bills, managing funds, emotional, and it's intimacy, support, or physical, sex, safety, basic needs. To betray that trust might look like cheating, manipulation, physical, sexual, emotional abuse, or withholding or misusing financial resources. And in some cases, a person might not even be entirely reliant on their partner, at least not literally, but it still feel as though leaving the perpetrator is not an option. Regardless of how or when, what way a person is reliant on a partner, when the perpetrator betrays the victim's trust, it can leave a lasting mark. Say a person was happily married for 20 years. They shared everything with the spouse, including a home and children, and relied on the spouse to provide a stable, loving relationship. If they suddenly, suddenly learn that their spouse was cheating on them, how might that affect them? Now remember, when they say that suddenly that they learned that their spouse was cheating on them, let's go back to what it could be. Manipulation, physical, sexual, emotional abuse, or withholding or misusing financial resources. Or it could be intimacy, support of emotional, physical, sex, safety, and basic needs. Think about that. Emotional cheating, physical cheating. So no matter if they suddenly learned that their spouse was cheating on them, how it might affect them, this could be a long lasting 20 year marriage or you've been with somebody for 10 years with no marriage and that happens. How do you feel about that? You're going to feel alone. You're going to feel lost. You're going to feel confused. 
you're going to feel conflicted and you're going to blame yourself. What do all five of those things have in common? Mental health. It starts to become a serious issue. That's what it does. So that's why when you're actually thinking about or decide, rather if you base that on a decision or it so-called accidentally happens, you need to think about what you're doing it for. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? You know, and these are things that everybody has dealt with in their lives, including myself. The impact of partner betrayal trauma. Many current therapy clients are seeking help with partner betrayal trauma, and yet they have no idea of the root of their problems. This is because partner betrayal trauma can take many different forms depending on the person, their age, when the trauma occurred, and the trauma itself. So, there was a new word online. Betrayal blindness. A large part of partner betrayal trauma is betrayal blindness. This is when a person consciously or unconsciously ignores signs of betrayal. To try to preserve the relationship. They may deny behaviors, make excuses, and even become defensive if questioned about the partner's actions. I said it's a new word. I knew what the definition meant. I just never knew it was called betrayal blindness. By avoiding the signs of betrayal, an individual can make the impact on themselves significantly worse as they work harder to, harder to maintain a relationship. That also includes trust issues. Which, right now, is a problem. Difficulty trusting in other relationships. Having betrayed, having been betrayed in previous relationships, a victim of partner betrayal trauma may find it incredibly difficult to establish new positive trusting relationships. They may be terrified of experiencing more betrayal, which could then prevent them from being able to develop trust in their partners, friends, or even family members. Boom, right there. Understand, trust issues. The more that the cheating happens, the more that the trust is, is, is not there anymore. You have to grow to gain that trust back. And then what happens before the cheating happened, before the cheating happened, everything was fine. You, you was being respectable to their privacy. You know, hey, if they say, hey, I'm going out for a little bit, you know, after I go off work, I'm going to go um, to the bar and, and have a good time a little bit with the ladies and stuff like that. You know, you, excuse me, you respect that because 
you don't want to cringe on their privacy. You know, it's a respectable thing, you know, but then when they start discovering the cheating thing, that's when all the questions, the moment that they've been betrayed, all the moments is going to come, the questions, everything. The minute that you're not home at such and such time, they're the phone call or the text. Where you at? What are you doing? You know, a lot of people are going to think different things. Like, oh, I'm at the store. Oh, you're meeting somebody at the store now? Is that what you're doing? Because the betrayal in their mind has hit them so hard. Because they forgave you for what you did. It's hard for them to trust you again. It's hard. And now all of a sudden, these questions are there. They get on the phone to start texting. Oh, who are you texting? Normally beforehand, before you started cheating, they only fall on the top. You ain't gonna hear a damn peep from them because you earned their trust. Now that you done cheated on them, who the hell are you texting? You know, you know, people are not going to sit down and understand that the consequences of what you did is going to force you to be accountable for what you did. Even though they forgave you, you can't just sit down and forget what the fuck just happened. You just can't. How many times one another have you seen something like that? That's after you sat there and got cheated on. They trust me. They got cheated on. And they got paranoid. The trust issues. I'm pretty sure 100% of the time that happens. You know, you, you, you just, you just have to understand that this is this is what you have to deal with. You gotta get used to that right now until you can gain that trust. You have to. You know? It's not a, oh, I'm sorry, forgive me, and then forget about it. No, they're gonna think about it. For everything that you say now, it's in their head. It's in their head. So that's the difficulty of trust when it comes to relationship. That's the big, big issue. Altered definition of love. Someone who has experienced significant betrayal by a partner might subconsciously come to terms with this by adjusting their personal definition of love. In other words, they may begin to consider things like abuse, infidelity, or any form of betrayal as normal part of love and begin to not only expect it, but seek it out. Retaliation. Most people do things 
based off retaliation. If a partner cheated on them, damn it, they want to be traumatized. They're going to feel betrayed. But guess what? That retaliation is there. They're going to do it. They're going to do it. And now, guess what? Since, since she doesn't start cheating, now he's cheating. And now that has became the normal part of a relationship now. The question is going to still be there, but it ain't going to be there for long. It ain't going to be there for long. That's the thing. Now, it hits differently. That's when divorces start coming in. That's when separations starts coming in. It's there now. Your normal part of love isn't the normal love anymore. Now, new expectations of love had just developed. And now both of y'all are cheating. Based off the retaliation for what you did. To where you got caught cheating. That person left you, divorced you. And now you're reaping the big soul of what you did. And now they're feeling bad for cheating. Now it's different if somebody was actually involved in an abusive relationship or anything like that. But sometimes it's not the reason. It's just not the reason. If you're not happy, leave. That's how they always say it, right? There you go. There you go. Now what happens? Revictimization. If a person's definition of love has been altered to include betrayal, it makes sense that they would be at high risk to be victimized again in the future by either the same or by other partners. Paranoia. Old habits die hard. That's the number one saying right there. Old habits die hard. So you look at one person, that person may not even be a cheater. They may even be more loyal to you than you ever expected in your life. But if you keep sitting here and you keep throwing these accusations to that loyal person, they're going to leave your ass. So stop doing this shit and actually believe that this person is loyal to you and don't put yourself into a re-victimization thing. That person's there to heal you. God could have brung you that person. Understand that. Understand that. This is all to help your mental health. This is all to help your brain understand that there is a lot of healing that can be done. If you wash your hands and let God deal with it. The lowest self-esteem. Being betrayed by one's partners can seriously affect someone's perception of themselves. They may feel shame or even guilt at being betrayed in the first place. Begin to think that they deserve to be, to be betrayed. Let me take that back. They begin to think that they deserve the betrayal or think that they don't deserve a positive relationship. Oh yes, I know that feeling. Have I ever not known that film? Because it's hard. It's hard. 
it's hard to put yourself in that in that field without guilt and it's it's like you have to sit down you have to think about it in bed you lose your sleep and you're trying to wonder what it is that you done what it was that you said to make you not be deserved into this marriage or this relationship and they'll tell you oh it's not you it's me whatever some excuse that they have and it's like sometimes it's just like yeah you know what I'm just over it man what did I, what did I do wrong so yeah so the mental health challenges unsurprisingly partner betrayal can lead to serious issues of, with mental health potentially to the level of a diagnosable mental health disorder many individuals may experience anxiety and or depression as a result of betrayal trauma additionally people with partner betrayal trauma often exhibit symptoms like ptsd like hypervigilance, insomnia or dissociation Experiencing considerable betrayal by a person that you rely on to support you physically, mentally, and emotionally can cause damage from the present moment well into the future. You should suspect that yourself or someone you know is a victim of betrayal or trauma? The answer may not be as simple as leaving the relationship. Folks, let's be real here. Your self-respect is well more worth than somebody that's not going to treat you right in a relationship. That betrayal in the last minute of everything to sit there and decide, oh, I'm not happy. It's dead. They're just going to find somebody else on social media and just have a chat with them. Let it last for a few days. For real. You already just started betraying right there. You just started betraying right there. Because you felt like you wasn't happy. While the next person, while this person that's working hard for you, that's supporting you if you're married, supporting you if you have children, working their ass off while you're sitting around talking about why you're not fucking happy and they're sitting here and they're trying to support you with every piece of energy that they have. How fair is that? How fair is that? Oh no, they don't want to retaliate. They don't want to do that. But at the same time, when you feel lost, lonely, Confused, conflicted. When you feel all those things, it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. So think about everything. It's a lot. It's a lot that I said. But just sit down and think about everything that I said in this podcast today. 
it's not so much to be an asshole about all the things that's going on, but it's for you to understand what you and your spouse or you and your girl boyfriend, girlfriend can do to prevent this partner betrayal trauma. Communication is always everything. People fail to see that now. People don't really want to communicate anymore. Now all of a sudden we're sitting on our phones and we're fucking texting each other. You know what I'm saying? We're texting each other. Yes, texting is my favorite. You know what I'm saying? I love texting. Because it prevents me from talking on the phone to talk to somebody about something that I really don't give three shits about. But when it comes down to being in a relationship to prevent this partner betrayal trauma, you bet your ass. You better be face to face or you better be on that phone talking to somebody to get this shit straight out. That's real talk. But that's all I got for today. Thank you for tuning in. And thank you for taking the time to listen to me. I know my first day back, it was long. But there was a lot to get out. And I appreciate you taking the time to listen to me. So join me next week. I will discover the last part of Betrayal, part three. And it's going to be a touchy one. Being black or African-American in the justice system. I will explain different things in different scenarios that could relate to betrayal, being African-American in the justice system. So join me for that next week. But until then, stay true to yourself. And always remember, when it comes down to listening, you're, you're one step closer to bring in awareness. Let's go.